What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Push the Tempo podcast. Um, today, we just got some NBA games uh, that we're just going to roll through real quick, give our opinions about the results. And then we got two teams, one of them that has been exceeding our expectations and been playing really well. And another one that most people, I would assume that they're not meeting most people's expectations and they're really struggling. So uh, which team did you want to start off with today? All right, man, let's take it off to a juicy start. All right, Kyle, let's start with the Jazz. Yeah, man, uh, the Jazz, as currently, as they are currently sitting at second in the Western Conference, right behind the Lakers and right above the Clippers, uh, they're on a nine-game win streak, which is the best win, which, which is the best win streak in the NBA, the highest win streak as of late. Um, yesterday, they played the New York Knicks, and in that game, the Knicks were – I think the Knicks, Knicks played a pretty good first half, and in that second half, the Jazz just locked them up. I don't think the Knicks scored more than like – I don't think they scored more than like even 40 points, if I remember correctly. But the Jazz this year, they are – they're playing really, really good basketball. Do you have any opinions on them? Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Um, I didn't have them making the playoffs. And as it stands, it looks like they're going to prove me wrong. I still don't see them sustaining second seeding in the West. In fact, I don't even see them being higher than the fourth seed. I feel like they'd probably be in the play on ter- play in tournament, but I mean, they've been playing really well, but that nine game winning streak, like they only played like two or three good teams. They played the Bucks and then they played Denver. And other than that, all the other teams have been mediocre to kind of trash, to be honest, like they beat the Pistons, they beat the Pelicans twice. I mean, they beat the Knicks. So a lot of these teams aren't really the best team. So we're going to kind of have to see moving forward. I know their schedule in February is kind of, it's brutal. They play the Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers, the Clippers, the Lakers. So I don't know how they're going to fare against those teams, but you know they have been exceeding my expectations as of now. Uh, this is where we're going to have to disagree. Um, you're right that the Jazz's schedule in this this nine-game win streak—they've only played a few good teams, and this upcoming stretch where they play against some tough teams, as you mentioned, is going to be a a good measuring stick for them. But I think that the Jazz can be—they can—they can be pretty good this year. Um, I, I, like you, I had the Jazz as like the eighth seed, which I look stupid for having them as at, at this point. But they, they've been really playing well. And one of the main reasons for that is obviously Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell started off a little bit slow, but now he's really picked it up and he's playing great, uh, particularly during this win streak. Um, but Mike Conley, man, when they traded for him, I believe it was last summer, they, they had this hope that he'd continue that great – like the, the momentum he had from that last season in Memphis where he was pretty good as well. But last year he kind of struggled in the bubble. He was kind of turning it around. But this season, man, he's coming and he's playing great basketball. He's averaging 16 and a half points. Um, he's averaging almost six assists. He's doing that shooting 42% from three uh, and 46% from the field. Uh, granted that their shooting splits right now, they're currently first in the league in three-pointers made per game. Uh, and they're second in percentage right behind the Clippers. They're at 39%. Granted, that percentage will regress to the mean a little bit, just like it will for the Clippers as well. But this is a team that they're playing a different style. They're playing – they're shooting more threes. They're playing They're playing a relatively slow style. But I think they can be a good team, man. Jordan Clarkson's also been very good. Gobert's – sure, he's not scoring much, but he's still offering his insane impact on defense. So I think I was wrong about the Jazz. Uh, I don't know if you're going to change your opinion, but – I think they're going to be a, a very good team this year. Um, I'm not going to change my opinion just because, you know, like I'd like to stay true to my word, but 
like you said, a lot of these shooting splits that they're shooting right now, I don't think they're sustainable at all. I mean, going into the season, the Jazz really only had two or three offensive weapons other than Mitchell, Clarkson, and like, I mean, who else are you going to put on there? Bogdanovich. But Mike Conley is certainly a guy that exceeded my expectations. He's been playing really well, and he doesn't look like the player from last season at all. In fact, I think he's a key to why the Jazz have been playing so well. Another guy, I mean, that's been playing really well is Royce O'Neal. And, you know, he's a guy that's a 3 and D type of player, but he's been shooting the ball at such a high rate, about 45% from three. And he's shooting like, let me take a look how much shots attempt per game. He's shooting about four threes per game. That's crazy. So he's definitely a guy that's been giving a lot of scoring to a team that kind of lacks that offensive talent. And then you can't, you know, discredit their coach as well. Quinn Snyder's a guy that was among the coach of the year candidates a few years back. And he's always been a guy that's been a great coach. So, I mean, where they stand right now is because of these guys. I don't know how long it's going to be and how long it's going to go on for, but I mean, I can certainly see them dropping off in February and not sustaining this level of play. I mean, this season itself is very weird uh, with players going in and out because of health and safety protocols. It's really, it's really hard to predict. I mean, we can, we can predict who the best teams are going to be at the end of the year and who's going to be in the playoffs in the, like in the going deep in the playoffs based off just like what the team looks like and not, factoring in health whatsoever but if teams are fully healthy we can kind of assume who's going to be where but uh, during the season I think it's going to be very difficult like we know who's the best but it's very hard to place where they're going to end up because so many teams have guys who are going being in and out with injuries and with health and safety protocols like the Miami Heat for example Miami hasn't had Jimmy Butler for what it feels like the entire season uh, Tyler Hero has been out for them the Clippers just lost Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and hopefully they'll be back soon, but it remains to be seen how long they'll be out for. So I think the Jazz can definitely be one of those teams that can finish top four, top five in the in the Western Conference. And I think I might have been wrong about that. Um, that's another thing. You don't know when these injuries or protocols are going to come up. So they, they, the Jazz have been a team that hasn't had to face any adversity in that aspect. I think tonight's the first night that Mitchell's not going to play a game. I think it's because of concussion protocols. Yeah. But I, I kind of want to see how they play without him because I'm going to be honest, without him, like Clarkson is going to have to go off and some of these other players are going to have to contribute a lot more to the offensive end. Defensively, they're definitely like a top team. But, you know, the problem's always been their offensive, you know, efficiency and how well they can play. But, you know, I want to see how they perform without Mitchell because, you know, at any given day or period – some of their players could just end up being out because of these protocols. So a lot of the teams that have been in, um, you know, a lot of teams have been dealing with that. Like you said, the Heat were dealing with that. Um, the Suns deal with it. The Celtics for a certain point. All of the games were postponed. I mean, it's something that can certainly happen to one or two players. So if the Jazz are unlucky enough to happen to their offensive players, then, you know, I don't really see them sustaining it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I just, I just met if they can fully stay healthy because – Health is a big, it's a big, um, it's a big question mark really, and it's a big hurdle for every team, uh, in the league right now. So you're definitely right, but I think, I think if they can just stay fully healthy, I think they'll exceed not only my expectations but also yours. But it still remains to be seen. So do you want to move on then to the next team, the team that has been struggling and not meeting expectations? Yeah, let me just say one quick thing on the Jazz though. Sure. All right. So this win streak, I gotta say, I give props to them, but I definitely think it's inflated. I really, I'm really curious to see how they're going to do in February. Do you want to like, you know, 
not place a bet, but kind of like estimate how many wins that they're going to get in, the, in that month? February. Um, I'd have to look at their schedule and see what it's like. Yeah. I can I can read it off to you real quick. Yeah, do that. All right, so we can give them – so they play 13 games. Um, Detroit, Atlanta, and Charlotte are the first three games. And, I mean, I guess it's kind of safe to say they're probably in those three games. Okay, 3-0. and All right, then they play the Pacers. Okay. And that's kind of – I'd say that's like kind of a – That's a toss-up you know? toss for me, I'd say. Yeah. And then we got Boston. And, I mean, I'm going to have to get this one to the Celtics. So that's – Let's just say three and two for now. Then they play the Bucks, so that's three and three. The Sixers, three and four. The Clippers twice. Depends if Paul George and Kawhi are back. This is in they, they already February. Beat, this is they in already, February seventeenth. So, but you got to remember they already beat the Clippers this year, though. Um, so that that and the Jazz have always given the Clippers problems. Mike Conley has always played well against them. So that's a game that I'd say is a toss up as well. Okay, fair enough. And then they play Charlotte again. And then they play the Lakers, the Heat, which I'm assuming the Heat are going to be fully healthy by then. So about a month out. And then Orlando. So I feel like they can split that month easily being 13 games, maybe six and seven or even seven and six. I don't know, but I feel like they're split this month. What do you think? No, you're, you make a good point. Uh, this, this, upcoming, this upcoming stretch, and I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I pulled it up. It's definitely going to be a a better uh, measuring stick for how good the jazz really are because you're right in this nine game win streak, win streak is obviously impressive and they've been playing, they've been playing great basketball during that time, but they, a lot of those teams are not good. They played the Oklahoma. No, I'm sorry. Uh, they played the Knicks. They played the bucks, but in the bucks game that they beat them, they shot like they made like a, a franchise best 25 threes, which that's not going to happen every night. Granted, they are the first number one in the league right now in three pointers made, but uh, this this um this upcoming stretch for them is going to be what really factors in to see how good they are. Fair enough, fair enough. All right. Sorry, I just want to see your opinion on that. All right, yeah, let's uh, totally move on to the next team. So the team that a lot of people uh, – I wasn't one of those people. I said that this team would probably still miss the playoffs this year um, is the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, right now they are sitting at 5-10. and 10. They're 14th in the Western Conference right above the Minnesota Timberwolves who have been without Carl Anthony Towns for a big part of the season. And we can just tell that those guys are not good. So um, what, what's your opinion on the, what do you make of the Pelicans this year? Um, like you, I didn't have them making the playoffs either, but they came out to a really hot start four of two, you know, that's pretty good. And they played Toronto twice. I mean, they played San Antonio. So not at the time, like, you know, the Raptors weren't, like they weren't playing that well, but you know, at the time I was like, "Yo, oh, whoa, maybe they might make the playoffs. They might make a small push for it." But you know, after the last few games, I'm not too sure. You know, Brandon Ingram was a guy that I was saying, "Yo, could even be a top 15 player by the end of the season." But he's kind of regressed a bit. Lonzo and Redick are two players that haven't been playing well, and it's kind of interesting because the Pelicans have made them available in trade talks, which just came out the other day, I believe. So, I don't know. I, I don't see the Pelicans making much more of a push and maybe it would just be a thrown season. What do you think? So coming into the year, um, one of the biggest questions for the Pelicans was that how their roster fit together. Uh, they traded Drew Holiday. They got back Eric Bledsoe and a bunch of draft picks. Um, they still have Lonzo Ball on the team who is a streaky shooter. And last year was the only year so far of his career that he shot like a league average percentage. 
um, Steven Adams, they traded for him and then gave him a huge extension, which I, I thought off the ball was a little strange. Um, and he's obviously a non-shooter. And then Brandon Ingram really is the only shooter or like average shooter in their starting lineup, um, really. And we all know Zion is not really much of a, he's really a non-threat from three as well. He doesn't really shoot many threes. So coming into the year, that was looked at as one of their biggest problems. And so far it hasn't been. They are 29th in the league in three point three pointers made. They're 28th in attempts. They're 28th in percentage. They're just not a shooting team. There's not a lot of spacing out there. Even though Zion has put up some big numbers, um, a lot of that has come in games that he plays bad defense. Uh, he's not great at rotating. He struggles to really keep up. And sometimes the effort just isn't there. And it's, it's tough to see because, you know, he's a guy in college that you saw the, you saw the highlights of him jumping out of the, jumping out of the gym to block jump shots and rotating and just making a big impact. And so far in his NBA career, that really hasn't been there. Sure. He can turn it around, but I don't know if it'll be enough to save this Pelican season. So that's just my that's what I think though yeah no I agree um Zahn hasn't been off to the greatest start in terms of shooting still regardless his field goal percent is 57 percent which is really good but you gotta remember he's not shooting as much threes and I remember his first game his his debut he shot like I can't remember the exact number but he was like four for four from three or something like that and everyone's like yo he can really shoot but I mean, this year he's only shooting about 20%. So I like to see him take a lot more threes and kind of just, you know, get his rhythm back. He's definitely a young player that can actually get his rhythm back, you know what I mean? But it remains to be seen how him and Ingram are going to go moving forward. Um, I definitely think that Lonzo Ball and or J.J. Redick are going to be moved, especially J.J. Redick. Um, I like J.J. Redick as a player, but he's probably a guy that has a lot of value elsewhere, and he's not really fitting into the scheme of this and, team. And he's, and he's also struggling a little bit shooting. Yeah, he's shooting about 30% from three, which is – that's just insane because he's literally one of the top five shooters in the league right now and in his career. So something that you wouldn't expect at all coming into the season. But, like, there was stretches where he's shooting 0 for 6, 1 for 6, and crazy numbers that you wouldn't expect from a shooter like him. But yeah, I definitely want to see what what happens with this team. I definitely can see a shakeup happening with this team too. Yeah, I mean, you you said yesterday that there was some reports that the Pelicans were in trade talks. They were they were responsive to some teams inquiring about Lonzo and JJ Redick. Um, JJ Redick, you're definitely right. He probably has more value on like a team that's contending for a championship, either being like a a spot up shooter on their bench because he's not a great defender or even a starting guard on teams that can really cover up for his defensive defensive deficiencies. Um, Lonzo Ball has really, really struggled this year. We talked about it in the last the last episode, but he's continuing to not shoot the ball very well. He's really a 3 and D guard at this point who's not being able to hit threes. And last year in the bubble, particularly his defense was really bad as well. Um, yeah, man. Uh, it remains to be seen what they do. I think Lonzo is going to be best in one of those teams that push the pace, run up and down. And the Pelicans this year just are not that. Um, uh, Coach Stan Van Gundy has taken the ball out of Lonzo's hands and put it in Brent Ingram's hands, who I think has been pretty pretty solid this year. Um, and that's really just left Lonzo by the wayside, standing out in the perimeter and just, you know, spotting up for threes that he's not making. So that kind of makes him a little redundant in their offense. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's moved. And I I definitely could see J.J. Redick being moved to a team that 
could be in need of his serve of his spacing and his shooting ability, because you could probably get possibly a first round pick for that from a team that might be desperate enough to do it. Mm, yeah, I mean, yo, Celtics management, if you're listening to this, yo, holla up my boy JJ, definitely a shooter that we could use off the bench. You feel me? You know, take off Carson Edwards or whatever, but like, yo, JJ Redick, bro, come through. But yo, with that being said, yo, honestly, you're you're really correct about. Lonzo not having the ball in his hands you know I was just looking at his numbers and I don't watch that many Pelican games but I definitely see him kind of taking a back seat especially when Nikhil Alexander Walker is on the on the court you know what I mean so his numbers on assist column have definitely dropped he's shooting uh he has about 4.7 assists which is a career low for him he he's a guy that got drafted just because of his high IQ his defensive potential and because of his playmaking and to be honest, he hasn't really been doing any of that, except maybe you could say the defensive, you know, anchor that he is, I guess. But yeah, um, poor Alonzo, man. I feel bad for him. I definitely still think that he has some potential. He just hasn't been in the right system yet. I mean, coming from that Lakers team and then now into this Pelicans team where the ball is kind of going into Ingram's hand, it's definitely not a system that he can kind of prosper in. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't feel bad for him. Uh, he said, after people posted his bubble stats, he said, post my shit this year too. And I mean, his, his, his stats are nothing to be impressed by this year. Uh, if he can turn it around, that'd be great. But I don't think he's ever going to reach that. His, he's never going to live up to his draft position. I mean, he was drafted second overall. Magic Johnson said that this guy's jersey will be hanging in the rafters next to mine. I don't think he's ever going to touch that. Uh, I think he's just going to be either a solid backup guard who comes in uh, controls the offense and plays good defense, or if that three-point shot becomes um, very consistent, which you're hoping for, um, he can become basically a taller Patrick Beverly, um, a guy who plays good defense, who makes smart plays, not a great offensive threat like inside of the arc, because Patrick Beverly is a good shooter, but he's not a huge threat from anywhere else um, on the on the offensive end. So I think really that's his, I think that might be just the player he becomes, a taller Patrick Beverly. Damn, that's tough. You know, honestly, it kind of reminds me of, like, Mark – I can't even talk. Michael Carter-Williams, like, in a sense that, like, decent that's another good seasons. one. Yeah. That's another good one. You know what I mean? You can see it, right? Yeah. Um, so, with that being said, do you want to just move on to the games then that we were thinking about talking about? Yeah, let's go for it. So, which game did you want to, did you want to discuss? Let's talk about the Nuggets and the Suns. Man, that was a that was a good game. Did you have any thoughts that you wanted to go through? Uh, dude, this is honestly a potential matchup in the playoffs. You know, we can maybe see Denver at three and the Suns at six, like a first round matchup, or maybe even a four or five, who knows? And potentially even a two um seven, right? Who knows? But I can definitely see this being a, a really fun matchup to watch. This game was just awesome. We went to double OT and it was a great game. Dude, this is a matchup that I feel like we need. We need to see this matchup in the playoffs. Uh, they played this game on the 23rd, and the day before they played another game that went into overtime. Um, see, I I love Chris Paul. Uh, Chris Paul is my favorite player, and I thought he played very well in that first half. In that second half, he didn't really do as much. Uh, he kind of trailed off, and particularly at the end of that game, uh, in in the overtime and in the fourth quarter, he was really struggling to close out the game. And it might have been at the end of regulation or it might have been at the end of the first overtime. I don't remember. But Jamal Murray hit that three-point shot over DeAndre Ayton. 
that sent the game to either overtime or double OT. Uh, the two-minute report came out, and the NBA said that he traveled on that. So, and in overtime, Devin Booker got hurt. So, um, you suck. It sucks. It's a very tough loss for the Phoenix Suns, but I think they'll be fine. They just got to figure out how to close games better, and just they just got to beat teams like this team because uh, it's it's so far through the season when. Uh, the Suns have played the Nuggets. I think DeAndre Aiden has been pretty good. Uh, he plays very well for some reason against Jokic in the two games. In that second game, he had 17 and 11, 17 and 13, sorry. And he was playing very aggressive. That's something that I hope continues because this team, Chris Paul is obviously great. Devin Booker is obviously their best player. But I think DeAndre Aiden can really be the most like important slash. He could be the guy, the biggest X factor because he has all the physical tools to be a great player. He's, he has, he's not, he's not DeAndre Jordan. He's not just all athleticism and no skill. He's athletic. He's strong. He's a mismatch. And he's also skilled. He can hit mid-range jumpers. He has touch around the rim. So I think he's their most like impact. He can be, he can be their most impactful player and he has a chance to be their biggest X factor. What do you think? Sorry, I went no, on a tangent. No, no, no. That's definitely a fair point. I was going to bring up the same thing about Aiton. You know, he came off to a slow start to the season, but in these two games, he really solidified himself. He's really starting to kind of live up to that first overall pick potential. You know what I mean? And these last two games just proved it. He's been playing super well, although he did follow up. But, you know, a big man on Jokic. That, that foul, that last, that last foul that they called on him, though, I thought was ridiculous. Um, he had his hands on Jokic's back, and Jokic – kind of like flailed slash flopped and they just called him for a six. I thought that was kind of, I thought that was a shitty foul call. Um, yeah, man. And then after, after Aiton F without like, they don't really have a second like true big man who can defend a guy like Jokic. They put, I, I believe it was like Dario Saric out there if I remember correctly, or it might've been like Abdul Nader who sucks. Uh, and, <laughs> and he, he like, he hit the side of a backboard on a corner three. He pulled yours a corner three in overtime. So, yeah, it was just – it was a tough loss for the Suns, but I think they'll bounce back. They're, they have some very good pieces. You know what's interesting to me? I, I'm really wondering why the Suns decided to go with Jalen Smith, and he doesn't get any playing time either. He's a big man, um, 6'10", pretty good size. It was just an interesting peak at the number 10 overall pick. You know what I mean? I think, I think he should be playing over Frank Kaminsky. Frank Kaminsky is awful. I don't – like he doesn't play any defense. He can barely spot up and hit threes. Like he should be playing over him. I think I think Monty Williams should make that make that transition and really give Jalen Smith some time. Cause you don't spend a tenth overall pick on a guy just to not play him. I get it's his rookie year, but at the very least he should be playing those garbage time minutes. Yeah, no, definitely. A hundred percent agree. I mean, they have Damian Jones, who's another guy who's not bad at all, who is definitely better than Frank Kaminsky, you know what I mean? But I just thought it was really interesting that they went with Jalen Smith out of everyone in that draft and just decided not to play him. I don't know if he's, like, what, too slow or he's not good in practice or whatever it is, but I'd like to see a little bit more of him to kind of back up Aiden because Frank Kaminsky in that game was horrible. Played, played 20 minutes and had two points. He had two rebounds and an assist and five fouls, so he didn't really do anything. He was just getting some, you know, some cardio out there, you feel me? Yeah. Oh, um, sorry. I made a mistake. Devin Booker got hurt in the first game that they played versus uh, the Nuggets in the second game. He didn't play the second game went to second OT. But yeah, the only the last thing I got to say about this game is that 
we need a Denver Nuggets Phoenix Suns playoff series. It would be it would be awesome. I would love to see that. Yeah, man, definitely would be a fun one. There's they're just missing one thing in terms of like the entertainment purpose. I, I kind of hope there's like not really beef, but a little bit more you know tension on these two teams because that would be so fun to watch. They're both two up and coming young teams, and it would just be fun to watch. You know what I mean? It kind of reminds me of. Like in a certain way, like if you remember back in the day, and I say back in the day, it was like four years ago. It was this, the IT-led Celtics versus the John Wall and Bradley Beal Wizards. And that matchup was so fun to watch. I really hope that this kind of plays out to a similar extent. Yeah, for sure. So with all that being said, do you want to move on to the next game we're going to talk about? Yeah, let's go for it. So the next game we are going to talk about happened last night. It was the three and now 10 Washington Wizards playing against the now seven and nine uh, Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets got John Wall back. He scored, <clears throat> sorry, uh, John Wall had 24 points and five assists. I think it looks like John Wall, the old John Wall, the quick one, the guy who can break people down off the dribble is back. Uh, you love to see it. And Victor Oladipo, he kind of struggled from the field, but he also put in 20 points for them. Um, DeMarcus Cousins is really playing well since Christian Wood went out. He had 19, 11, and five steals, which five steals is pretty impressive for a big man. And I thought Bradley Beal put up – he put up the numbers, but I didn't think he was that good in this game. Particularly in the fourth quarter, he kind of disappeared and did nothing. Um, I know most people are just going to immediately blame Russell Westbrook, but, I, again, I don't think this game was his fault. It's not his fault that his team doesn't play any defense and – half the dudes on their roster would be in the G league. If the, if they had like actual bodies, what do you think? Yeah, no, I definitely agree to that. I mean, a lot of the uh, key players on the wizards are out because of protocols, Rui Hachimura, uh, Davis Berton. So those are just a few guys. Um, you know, I was honestly surprised to see Jordan Bell playing in that game. I didn't know he was on the wizards at all. Did, did you know who Anthony Gill was before last night? I knew about him um, just because I picked up one day in FanDuel a few weeks back. But, I mean, other than that, kind of irrelevant, to be honest. Yeah, but, it's um, like – no, go ahead. Yeah, no, like a lot of these guys that were playing were just like, like you know, you look at them and you're like, who? who's this guy? I've never seen this dude before. Like, I mean, we remember Jerome Robinson. He was kind of a high first-round um, first pick. Don't remind uh, me. <laughs> um, but other than that, it's like, who are all these guys – um what was i saying but yeah one thing that was pretty interesting to me is seeing john wall take this many shot attempts if i remember correctly he doesn't really shoot that much like from three he shot six attempts and maybe he worked on a shot in the off seasons that he had off while he was injured but like i don't know it's kind of weird just seeing john wall and oladipo shooting for a combined 42 attempts but, I mean, once Christian Wood comes back, I'm pretty sure that number will decrease a little bit. I kind of want to see John Wall do a little bit more assisting and playmaking because that's one thing that he's really good at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm happy that John Wall is back or he's some semblance of what he used to be because after his injury and, you know, having to go through rehab like he did, it's just good to see him back on the court uh, and playing well. Um, I know a lot of people will say free Bradley Beal. Beal deserves better. And, yeah, he put up some great counting numbers in this game. I didn't think he was that good. I mean, he doesn't defend to begin with. And in that fourth quarter, I mean, he kind of disappeared. Um, when Russell Westbrook went out of the game, uh, he went out and they were – I believe they were, like, down four or something. And when he came back and as soon as he went out, the Wizards went down, like, 14. Um, and 
I've, I've, I've never been a big Westbrook defender and I've been a big Westbrook fan, but like this isn't on him. Bradley Beal in the fourth quarter shot three of eight, which I mean, sure, that's not bad, but then again, it's not good. Westbrook shot three of six. Um, Bradley Beal, he just has to pick it up more in the fourth quarter. He just can't keep disappearing. If the Wizards are hoping to win games, but who knows? Mm, that's fair. I mean, I don't. I think if these two teams played again, the result would be different. The Wizards shot 19% from three, so it's definitely uh, a crazy, a pretty bad night for them. But you know, we'll have to see. Not gonna lie, I definitely agree with you on Bradley Beal. Like you said, he's not really the best defender. Um, and he does, you know, I know it's sad about him. He kind of starts off really strong and hot, but by the time it's the fourth quarter, he doesn't really do that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he's one of those guys that he kind of fades as the game goes on. And that's just, that's not a, that's not a reputation that you would want to have if you're going to be like an all-star level player. Cause right now I think he's probably this, I mean, since James Harden got traded to Brooklyn, I would say Bradley Beal is the second best shooting guard in the Eastern conference. Um, and it remains to be seen like where he ranks in the league totality wise. But yeah, that's the, I hope wizards can figure it out, man, because the peak optimum version of the wizards that have surrounding Westbrook and Beal with shooters, they're not going to play any defense, but the transition offense with guys just fanning out to the three point line with Westbrook attacking the rim. I feel like that'd be very exciting basketball, but unfortunately we just haven't seen it, whether it be for a multitude of reasons, whether it be Scott Brooks and his terrible rotations, uh, Wizards players being out because of protocol, whatever. But it just sucks we haven't seen it so far. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. All right, do you want to move on to one more game? Or do you want to call it? Uh, it's up to you. Do you want to? Do you want to decide on what we should do? Yeah, we can do one one more game and then call Word. it for today. Word. Which one did you want to talk about? Uh, I know you had one in mind. Yeah. So, the Clippers and the Hawks. Um, the Clippers were on a, I believe, seven or eight game win streak and. Uh, news came out that Paul George and Kawhi would both be out because of health and safety protocols. Patrick Beverly was out because of a sore left knee or sore knee issue, which he's dealt with throughout his career. Um, this game, I watched this game very intently because I'm obviously a Clippers fan. And man, I hate to say it, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but Reggie Jackson, who I have loathed at times and wished he was not on this team, he's been better than Lou Williams this year. Lou Williams has been atrocious. Um, outside of like two games, he just hasn't been himself. He's struggling. Uh, he he tries on defense, but there's not much a six foot guard who's built like a toothpick can do. Well, what do you what do you think, man, about this game? Honestly, like I mean, let's be honest. The the Clippers didn't have two or three of their best players, so it makes sense for them to kind of lose their win streak. One thing that I want to say is, beside Lou Williams, a guy that I thought is a great offensive player. Just is, hasn't been there this, this year yet. And that's been Marcus Morris senior. So, I mean, he did come back from injury. So maybe he's a little off to a little bit of a slow start, but I was expecting him to put up numbers, but it hasn't been the case. And another thing I like to point out on the opposite team, a dude that a lot of people are sleeping on is DeAndre Hunter. And yes. Big yes. sleeper, man. He's been great this season. And like, He's just been amazing, like 17.7 points on 38% from three. That's Those are pretty good numbers for a guy that pretty much no one talks about, you know what I mean? No, you're definitely right. That was actually a guy that after we did the underrated, overrated players, he was a guy that I was like, man, I should have included him on my underrated list because he's suddenly going under, under the radar and he's been playing very well. He's kind of 
becoming what the Hawks envisioned Cam Reddish, Reddish to be. You know what I mean? Um, he's can, His creation off the dribble has vastly improved. The three-point jump shot is getting a lot better. Granted, he didn't shoot great in this game. But, yeah, man, he's been playing very well. Uh, one downside, I will say, from the Hawks' perspective, in that first half, they didn't really – I think they only attempted, like, seven threes, which is very uncharacteristic for them. Mm-hmm. But – uh, one thing I will say is people want to trash James Harden because he foul baits and he he hunts contact rather than trying to make the shot. I hope people keep that same that same energy with Trey Young, man, because Trey Young does it so much. He um, there was this play at the end of the game where he was going over a screen and Terrence Mann, who I thought made Trey really work for his shots, particularly in that first half. He just jumps into Terrence. He doesn't even jump straight. He jumps straight into Terrence Mann and gets three free throws. As Steve Nash said, that's not basketball. Like, sure, Trey puts up these big numbers, but when he's off the ball, he doesn't do anything but stand at half court. And that's kind of what James – you got to remember, that's what James Harden did, and James Harden didn't win like that. So people compare Trey Young to Steph Curry a lot. They say, oh, look at the range when he's in actuality never been that that level of shooter um in actuality he might be more like James Harden a guy who when he's off the ball doesn't do anything when he's on the ball he dominates and a lot of times it doesn't lead to the ultimate success what do you think yeah that's one thing that I hate about um the today's NBA is just like when players used to go into the league they used to evolve and get better at scoring and all that but now you can see that when players get into the league now they're evolving and learning how to draw contact and fish out these fouls and kind of just flail you know what i mean and that's just something in today's nba i can't really you know blame it on trey young but he's definitely looking for contact I mean, it's it's really apparent i mean his free throw attempts per game have increased dramatically while his field goal percentage has gone down and that might be attributed to like this season he hasn't been as good as last season or maybe because it's a different team and different dynamic but i feel like to kind of get his rhythm he's hunting out this type of contact to you know put him at the line just get him going it's like like it's not even, it's like the the chris paul move chris paul does this thing where when he gets by a defender he gets them on his back and he stops and when they when they run into him he draws a contact and shoots a shot to get free throws. Trey Young has taken it a step further where when he gets a defender on his back, he backs into them, shoots, and gets the contact. It's I don't like that's just not basketball. It's it's weird, it's annoying. It it uh, prolongs the game when that shouldn't even be a call. Like obviously you want to protect the offensive player in the game, but like you gotta give the defensive player some leeway. Like it's not it's not their fault if somebody's backing into them and attempting a shot. It's that's more of an offensive foul, if anything. Um, but yeah, man, I hope Kawhi and Paul George come back soon uh, before the Clippers drop too much in the in the um, Western Conference standings. Uh, they got a tough a tough schedule ahead of them. They play Miami, they play Brooklyn, they play the Celtics pretty soon. And I just I just hope they can they can come out of this road trip because I don't think they can win any games without those two guys, to be honest. With how bad Lou Will has been, and if it was up to me, Lou Williams would have been traded in the off season, but it's not up to me. So and yeah, I, I, my bad for cutting you off. No, 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 no that's I all hope, I got to say. Now you're good. I hope that they come back before they play the Celtics. Cause the last two times these two teams met both times went into overtime and they've been really good games. And I was kind of hoping that would be a finals matchup last year, but obviously that wasn't the case. No, dude, those like, you're right. Those last two games, especially that last game that the Celtics won, uh, Marcus, hey, Morris hit, Marcus... A, hit a big three. Um, mm-hmm. 
and then Landry Shamit hit a big three, and then the Celtics came back. Man, that was a great – these two teams match up very well, and it's always fun to watch um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown play against Kawhi and Paul George, especially with this year with Jalen Brown being even better. He continues to improve. He can be awesome. Paul George has really bounced back after having kind of a down year last year. And Tatum, Tatum and Kawhi are still – amazing players so you're right these, these two teams match up very well so i hope they do yeah, back for they that. have like such a similar team too i mean like you got marcus smart compared to patrick beverly you got jalen brown to paul george tatum to or you could say even the other way around jalen brown to Kawhi, and then paul george to um uh uh jason tatum so it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty cool you know what i mean yeah no for sure so with that being said do you want to do you want to take us out for the day yeah let's call it so, all right. Thank you guys for listening to our podcast. I appreciate y'all. If you guys want to check us out, we're on YouTube at the East Coast Browncast. We're also on Spotify, pretty much anywhere that you guys listen to your podcast at Push the Tempo Podcast. It's been it's been nice. It's your boy Aray here, and I'm with my guy Kyle. So for that, I'll catch you guys later.